0: crazy world we live in when people use the word geek it can create certain impressions in reality geek culture has never been more mainstream let's learn about the real people behind the stereotype i'm your super dummy paul this is geek
1: chase black you if anybody knows me at all it'd be from uh twitter my handle there is uh i can comment on comics and that is pretty much the only place anyone would know me uh i just jump in and out of conversations on twitter and just leave my own little comments because why not i I like talking about comic books and uh twitter commute comic book community is pretty uh welcome welcoming i mean I only joined it once the pandemic started because I didn't have anybody to talk to about comics. My wife doesn't care about it at all. So uh, I got on there and, it's, you know, um, there's definitely some toxic areas of it, but I have found, um, you know, a group of people at least that I get along with every day. And like I said, I've only been doing it for a year and I just hit over 700 followers, which is wild to me. I know it's not a lot, but to me, just some guy and a small town in West Virginia. Talking about comic books, it's amazing that people want to actually see what I say. Um, I mean, outside of geeky interest, which would be, um, I mean, definitely comics. I mean, I got so many like nerdy type interests. I'm really into. I mean, I read other than comics. I love novels. I love uh, sci-fi novels. Um, I was a huge fan of fantasy novels, of like the uh, Dragonlance series. Um, it's a Dungeons and Dragons series, even though I've never played Dungeons and Dragons in my life. I have read their novels since I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> I've never played the game, but I love the Dragonhood series. Uh, Stephen King, Dark Tower series is great. Um, I love Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, all that stuff, too. Um, ever since I was a child, I've been obsessed with like close-up magic, so I've slowly taught myself sleight-of-hand magic through the years, <laughs> which I never do for anybody but myself. It's just something I like to know how to do. <laughs> um, but that's, one, that's, again, that's another geeky interest. Um, I love movies. I love television. Cooking. Uh, if I had a true passion in the world that wasn't um, comic or related in some nerdy way, it'd definitely be cooking. Uh, I have worked, when I was in high school, a junior high school, I was the manager of a restaurant. Like I just, uh, cooking just speaks to me. I know, I just understand it. I understand flavors and putting things together. The timing of it, I just love the whole process. You plan it out, you time this, you time that, you get it all done at the exact same time. It's just, to me, it's just like a dance and uh, I love it. Um, Another one, uh, not so much anymore in my life, but I used to be really big into dance. I did dance for nine years uh whenever I went through you think middle school would be like the time that you don't want to do risky things that you get made fun of a lot <laughs> but uh I didn't stop on me I other uh, than being just I kind of middle school time I did kind of drop comics and stuff a bit because you're so worried about yourself and about fitting you know just not getting too made fun of and I wasn't helping myself at all I uh I joined the band because I love music, and I wanted to learn how to read music and do that. And I loved, uh, I always thought it was weird that we got made fun of for, like, in dancing. Like, I don't know how it is in England, but around here, uh, men don't dance. <laughs> like, you get made fun of, especially in this area. So I always thought it was so weird because I really enjoyed it. So my sister was in dance class, and uh, they needed voice. So I just decided to do it, and uh, I did it. All the way through middle school and through high school. I ended up joining choir, ended up joining show choir because my dancing and stuff and uh, went to, you know, a bunch of competitions, a lot of fun, but not on top of that. Also did sports. I played football for a while. I wrestled. I love wrestling. Wrestling was so much fun. Soccer. I loved playing soccer. Nothing put me in better shape. I guess football for you, soccer for me. It was, uh, I, I mean, As a small, fat kid, man, running up and down (laughs) that soccer field, really, the first couple of times, I was not ready for that, but uh, but it was a blast. I I enjoyed it. I loved it. I quit football because of soccer. I loved it so much. I was a defender. I I had one play I ran down. I got a header. That was, like, the most exciting thing of my life (laughs) at the time, Um, but I love sports, uh, basketball, football. Um, Today starts uh, NFL kickoff. So I'm very excited about that to get into. My uh, wife is also a huge football fan. So we really get into that Um, college football in West Virginia is very important because we have no professional teams in the state of West Virginia. So we cling to our college teams. So there's a lot of support for colleges around here, especially college sports, college athletics. Um, So it's, it's the time of season right now for me, like sports is, starting up Uh, it's starting to get cold outside because it's gonna fall soon like this is my time this is when i thrive (laughs) and uh and you know i got nothing but great comic books coming out right now so i just keep have no reason to not just love what's going on right now
0: wow you you do have a lot of interest blimey
1: I, i i like to say that i um i don't know what's wrong with me i'll start liking something then i will hyper focus on that thing and i'll learn as much of it as i can really enjoy it for a couple months then boom onto something else and then i'll hyper flip some that like i don't know i really got into carpentry a couple years ago i started i bought a table saw and a dremel and i started building things <laughs> and uh like it's just anything and everything that can that i know i can do like i see it and i know i can do it or i see something i know i'm gonna like that so i just immerse myself into it <laughs> and uh then i just retain all the knowledge and go back to it whenever i want like like right now, I'm really, really digging into like reading comics, going back and reading old comics that I have and stuff. And I know here in like a couple of months, I'll do that with my novels. I'll go back to my bookshelf and just start pouring through novels again, or I'll start drawing. My brother is a professional artist. He went to art school, all that stuff. So um, every once in a while, me and him will just fit in like drawing competitions with each other, which I'll lose every time. But it, but me sending him pictures drives him to want to create more stuff. So. I'll start drawing things for like a couple months, even though I'm not great at it. (laughs) It's just whatever piques my interest at the time, I will do it. I bought, I got a shelf covered in sleight of hand magic books just to teach myself how to do something that I'd never show anybody. Like, (laughs) it's like a hidden nerdy thing. Like, people can't know I love (laughs) magic. But like, I can shake my foot and make my shoelaces tie, Or I can like, make a card disappear over hand. But no one, no one knows. <laughs> like, so we're
0: we're not going to see you on America's Got Talent anytime soon.
1: No, because it's, it the, America's Got mediocre talent. <laughs> like he has enough talent that he learned that he could do it, and then he stopped. <laughs> like like proved myself I can do it. On to something else. Like, or I'll get on a writing kick. I'll write stories and throw them away. I'll write a story and throw it away for no reason, just because I had to get it out of my head. <laughs> and, that, that, I decided I wanted to learn bass guitar once and I spent two years trying to teach myself how to play bass I don't know why, I'm not great at it <laughs> but uh, I know how to read music so I thought yeah, I'm learn how to play something Oh, languages, I like languages a lot too, and dialects I don't know why, but I will study languages and dialects <laughs> like, I think it's interesting in movies where like you know, someone's speaking in let's say a British accent, but but you can tell what region someone's from just from the dialect and their accent, you know? So they always thought it was dumb in movies where they could like just hear someone talking and they don't know exactly where they're from. Well, <laughs> like, because you can same western like in the south, you can probably hear like the long draws and stuff I have, but I don't mean I do. But because my tongue is low in my mouth and it's how it comes out. Like stuff like that, learning tongue placement and that's how Dialects and sounds come from different regions, stuff like that. See, things like that just—I weird out about, geek out about things like that. I guess.
0: That's brilliant. You'd be great at a quiz.
1: <laughs> I used to be a um, when I was in college, there was a radio show right beside the restaurant that I worked at, and uh, every Friday they would have a um, a nerd quiz day, and every after that they would come in for lunch, and I'd always make fun of them for missing all these questions. So they eventually just started having me come in every Friday and I was the secret weapon. <laughs> like, but it was like any nerd culture. It was movies, it was TV, it was comics, it was music, but uh, it was so funny. They'd get so mad. Like, cause at end, they'd have like two questions, right? I'd have like eight questions, right? <laughs> like just because I just retain ridiculous stuff. And if I don't, my younger brother does. So I always call him, we share, Everything my comfort collection is a joint comfort collection over the years that we just pass back and forth. Like I don't know what's in my boxes and what's in his boxes. We gotta call each other <laughs> if we're looking for something. <laughs> like if it's not in my head, it's in his head. He is the other extension of me. We, we're good at trivia. Oh, team trivia things. <laughs> it's a, and him and actually um, he lives in at the duplex at a parent's zone. It's two one bedroom apartments, like one on top of the other. And we call them adult bunk beds. And uh our one of our best friends Paul who we also trade comics with. He was uh, my roommate in college and uh we just so we got really close during all that with trading comics too. So now it's either one of their apartments or my house. It's like a triangle <laughs> of where our stuff is. Like we just always got to just call everyone's while I can't find it, but you have it, but call Paul. All right, call Paul. And it turns out it was in the back of my box. I just was too lazy to look that far. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of comics are just covered in, or in the bags you got from the store, just one of our names scribbled on it. So we know, okay, that <laughs> goes back to Paul. I've had that bag for two years of Paul's comics. I'll get it back to him eventually. <laughs> I mean, I gave him a bag, yes, uh, two days ago. I went over his house and gave him a stack. I gave him the other history of DC, because he didn't get that. And I loved that comic. It was so good. And uh, he was giving me his birthrights and his X Men. He, he collects. X-Men from beginning to end. He has them either in singles or in compendium or in trade, but he has the whole beginning of X-Men all the way to current. So I've been getting those from him for the past couple of years. I'm in 2018 right now. I'm I'm making my way up, you know, I've almost caught up to (laughs) to it. But so as far as comic books, superheroes, um, I I always um, try to pinpoint my grandmother or my father. I don't know which one, my grandmother, who's from uh, Long Island, New York, loves Wonder Woman. Like her hero is Wonder Woman my whole life. She has a shrine of Wonder Woman, like in her house. Um, she actually just, my, uh, just a couple of years, about a year and a half ago, my grandfather died. So actually she lives in three places now. Each of her kids bought a little condo for her to stay in near their houses. And, and each house has a Wonder Woman shrine in it. But she has so much Wonder Woman stuff. Like, over the years, we just buy, like, if we don't buy it for her, she will buy it for herself, <laughs> and uh, so I like to say her. My dad is uh, obviously her son, so uh, maybe she's what imprinted on him, but he would take us to comic book stores. My older brother, put it in perspective, I am I was born in 83, so um, my brother was super into sports, so dad would always take him to the sports card store, and that Offshooted in the 90s to sports and comic books. So we'd go to the sports card store, the back of it had the Ninja Turtles arcade game. So me and my younger brother would hit that and we'd play that. And he was done looking at sports cards. And so dad eventually told us he would allow us to get one comic every time we were there. And that just started rolling. And then Image came out, and then my dad had to have like every Image comic. So I think he used us as an excuse to have to go to the comic book stores after that uh, because. You know, uh, in his room, he just started getting a stack. All the Death of Superman's, all the uh, Savage Dragons. Like, he's just getting, you know, just as much. And uh, so I'd say comic books and uh, comic books, my grandma, father, fantasy novels, my grandmother, 100%. She is the one who got me into Dragonlance. She is the one who got us into Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit when we were younger. Um she just, uh, whenever the first Lord of the Rings came out, she saw it before me and my brother did. And she came out of theater, called us, or no, we had to go help her or something, and she asked if we'd seen it yet. We hadn't, so she made us drive her back to the theater to see it again. <laughs> she loved it. Um, my love, I, in the last little segment, I didn't even talk about music. Um, I love music. Um, music is a huge part of my life, and that's from my father. My father, anytime you're in the car, who sings this? Hey, who's this? What What's this? Hey, what instrument's that? Hey, whose voice is this? Who's that background vocalist? Like, he just quizzed you constantly on what music was on the radio. Constantly. And uh, it was very important that we knew the big uh, British bands. We had the new Led Zeppelin, we had the new Black Sabbath. Like, we had to, like, he uh, got us really into rock music super early and then, as a um, middle school age, that turned into punk music for me. And, uh, shortly after my younger brother too and we were huge into punk music i still love punk music i still listen to it every day i love it but uh the um the angst of me is out of it you know like it doesn't get me going like it used to but i still love it i love i love the percussion of it i love the uh overused guitar riffs i love the um grungy sound of it i love the anti-government aspect of it it's just i just don't have all the angst in me to get out and You know, like do anything about it anymore, but I'm with them 100%. Like, I think a lot of my outlook on the world uh, comes from a lot of uh, punk music in the sense of, uh, you know, whenever rap was starting out, they couldn't get shows anywhere but uh, punk shows, punk, reggae, that's how you got ska, you got uh, punk, reggae, rap, all playing the same shows in New York because no one wanted uh, rappers there except punk would accept anybody and anything, which would bite him in the ass sometimes, but um, a lot of the old punk shows, the Clash's second album is pretty much a hip-hop album, as much as he became friends in New York with uh, rappers and stuff, you know, and um, so, and you hear a lot of old, especially 80s, 70s, 80s, uh, punk is so much about civil rights and so much about inequalities and uh, growing up and listening to stuff like that, it's hard not to let it you know, kind of form your way of thinking, of realizing, especially growing up, I went to a, um, a I'm in a, a Southern, I'm in West Virginia, all white schools, elementary, middle, high school, like, uh, but my dad, sorry, my dad and my grandparents made it very important that we knew about uh, racial inequalities and we knew about treating everybody equally. They would have a, uh, my grandfather would have dinner with his employees. And, you know, it'd be all races and stuff there. And we learned how to, uh, that there's nothing different about anybody and that we're all the same and that you should treat everybody a certain way. Drilled that into our heads. And uh, I I tend to think that a lot of, like, popular music and stuff like that, uh, that was played radio-friendly music, to me, pushed the racial gap, like, widened the racial gap more, whereas, like, more underground uh, music tried to bring it together, to me. And that's just... um, uh, so, music was a huge thing to me growing up, especially still now, but I listen to all types. I'm not just, uh, I don't just listen to punk. I literally listen to all types of music. I, I feel like if a genre exists, that means there's at least one person doing it right. So if you find that person, you're going to like that genre, or you're going to at least like that artist. So there's, I doubt very highly there's a genre of music that I don't like something. Because playing by the numbers it's just got to happen there's going to be a beat you like there's going to be a key change that catches your ear there's going to be something um so music uh drove me for a long time um so like when i did drop comics and stuff for a while music was, was always been a driving force behind my geekness <laughs> um, because as I'm sitting here talking about music, I'm telling you random facts because they're just in my head. Because I gotta hear these facts and I gotta hold on to them and I gotta blurt them out when no one wants to not hear them, you know. Like, um, so that's so I guess I would say in a very, very long-winded way that my geekdom has been for as long as I can remember. Um, sports, sports. Uh, my dad really tried to drive it into me, but it wasn't until late high school that i really started getting into like football basketball i was into for a while but you can't grow up in the 90s and not being in be into basketball i mean it's and that's an, you know what i'm going to go off on a tiny little thing again um you can't grow up in the 90s i don't know how you grew up in the 90s as a child and ha- and are overly racist about things because all of your heroes growing up were black athletes black musicians I mean, black television stars. Fresh Prince was the biggest thing. Uh, Family Matters. Like, it it blows my mind that <laughs> that it's still such a thing because, uh, you know, you grow up, and uh, in the 90s there was the LA riots from um, Rodney King, and was Florida, and then there was the Florida riots too. And you look at that on the screen, you see all this happening, and you realize that. A lot of the people that are on the wrong side look like me. And maybe there's something wrong with that. (laughs) Like, so when people were like, you know, pushing racial agendas and stuff, my head was trying to like, because of what I do, I overanalyze and overanalyze. So I came to the conclusion of who was wrong and who was right. And I've stuck to that my entire life. I just don't know how you grow up watching it on the TV and seeing it and idolizing Bo Jackson, Michael Jordan, and you still have like racial thoughts towards these people like it just doesn't make sense to me and even even off of black let's get uh, jackie chan is one of my heroes man (laughs) like i grew up loving uh fu cinema and stuff like uh, i just don't get it i don't jim lee i always say he illustrated my childhood (laughs) because i just love jim lee so much like i just don't know how you can have these heroes growing up and and think badly towards other people who look like them like it just doesn't make sense to me and that's wow, how is that where I went from asking me about geekiness? <laughs> um, well,
0: I did say go wherever it goes.
1: <laughs> yeah, another, I guess I can say another geeky thing me me can be politics at times. I really get into the polit- uh, history in general. So politics come hand in hand with history. I like, I like going to historical places. Um, sports, stuff like that, learn about the histories of towns and cities. If I go somewhere that has a museum, I want to go there. Like I just want to, I just absorb knowledge. I don't use it for anything, but I absorb it and I spit it out at people. <laughs> like, just, I, <laughs> like, it's easy to comment on comics when I can't control my commenting anyway. You know? <laughs> at least now I have something to gear it for, to focus instead of screaming into the wind, a random fact. <laughs>
0: So what you said you you had a period there where you kind of um fell out of comics for a bit what what brought that along
1: uh i want to say it was um just life i started um you know i was in middle school i uh I stopped reading comics, but I started writing a comic in the school newspaper I, in sixth grade. I, I decided that I wanted to see if I could write. I told you i write things in their own way. I, I just, uh, and so I made a couple comics and they got, uh, so I was doing that in the school newspaper. I joined the band. I was playing football, I was playing basketball and just, uh, it just fell out. And um, I probably fell out of comics between, I would say, between '97 to '99, like it's just a couple years there. 90, maybe right, 2000, but a couple years really good stuff came out. I had to go back. Like uh, during that time, uh, during that time, Starman came out. You know, Starman started in '99, I think, or '98. And uh, right when I got back in comics, that was the very first comic I went and bought because everyone just kept talking about how good it was, <laughs> and, and it just became one of my favorite comics of all time um for a while i didn't think james robinson could do no wrong it, it's changed a bit but i still love james robinson <laughs> uh, but yeah so i got out of it just because I as a middle school kid i mean i was already doing enough things to make people make fun of me uh like i said i was dancing i was in the band <laughs> uh my older brother was super cool like super cool in like the terms of school cool like he was a jock you know he played football he was big guy I'm 5'11 my brother is 6'4 6'3 big guy he was um wild you know he was one of those party guys who was always up and doing something so I had to um I did not live up to the expectations of him so uh that against me too, I already had enough people making fun of me about that, including him. So like, just so much stuff (laughs) um, made me think, well, maybe I should hold off on this for a bit to where I can at least have some friends going through this. (laughs) uh, um, But middle school is also where I became very self-aware of myself. And uh, I know people hit it at different times in their life. A lot of people hit it really late in life. But in middle school, I realized once again, looking around, overanalyzing everything that's going on around me, and realizing that none of it really um, socially mattered. So I really stopped caring as it went about what people's perception was of me. So around like 99, 2000 was really when that really hit, and I just didn't care anymore like of what people thought of me. Uh, Like I said, I was doing the dancing stuff still. I got called gay all the time, and I was like, yeah, man, (laughs) you know it, because I don't care. At least it's being directed at me, and not towards somebody who would actually hurt. You know? So... Uh, like, I don't know, <laughs> it's, uh, but that's mostly why I stopped because I just had enough things going against me. I was a fat kid too, you know? Um, so I grew up with facial hair when I was in seventh grade, so it was weird too. <laughs> like, but like I said, that's when, um, punk music took really big into me and that was also another way of overanalyzing everything going on, it's listening to stuff that's, um, you know, when you're in like West Virginia or something like that, you're in a, you're in a bubble, you don't really know what's going on in the world around you. And uh, music opened up the world around me Um, through music, then movies did. I got really into independent movies, um, forward movies, uh, things that made me think. My dad is huge into history as well. So all we did was watch documentaries, documentaries, and cooking shows. Uh, (laughs) In the 90s, my dad decided he wanted to learn how to cook. So my mom taught him how to cook, and I was there too. And I think that's where cooking started for me. And they found out that I uh, was really good with, um, had a really good palate. I could tell they needed things needed stuff, so I became the taster of the house. Every time mom or dad were cooking, taste this, what's it need, Chase? And that just drove me to where, when I was 15, I started a program to go to culinary school. And then that fell through, and I didn't do it, um, mostly because people who had went through the program, I talked to and hated every aspect of their life. And I thought, ah, maybe I don't want to do this. And then I regretted it. So, and then I started working in restaurants, and I run restaurants. I got bi- a business degree. I was a couple of years on a literature degree. I didn't finish, and I used that business degree to start running restaurants and making more money than I did before I had the degree. <laughs> like because, like I said, I was I was a manager of a restaurant when I was in high school. I used to skip school for a week to run the restaurant because the owner was going out of town. Like, <laughs> like like I was always um, more into working and finding out who I was than I was caring about education because i was learning my own education i didn't like what i was learning at school didn't seem so important to me when i went to college i really wish that i would have paid attention and did better grades and stuff because i paid for every bit of my college which i graduated with a 3.8 gpa like so it's not like i was dumb i just didn't care in high school like at all i just thought it was a waste of my time and it it wasn't (laughs) you know like Yes, I was learning things on my own, but I definitely could have learned a lot of better stuff in school if I would have paid more attention. Like, just, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's what it is.
0: First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came The Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by. The guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman the Animated Series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the knight. What, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad a Harley Quinn
1: cast. Three, two, one.
0: Harley Quinn? Harley fucking Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark Repellent
1: relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Cut up the battle me, nods I definitely do not fuck
0: that in need of an adult-sized nemesis humans make good fertilizer. you can't fuck
1: with lois lane for fuck's sake i'm a damn good cop a lot of lasers
0: Mm. educational and informative the dc comics news podcast network presents mad love the harley quinn cast (laughs) back to you seth so tell us your thoughts We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and, and video games. a okay. complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or... Dummies! Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. All work and no play makes for a dull way to live, don't you agree? Join me, Adam Ray, and a very special guest each week on the Hostile Takeover, where they and I discuss their favourite game, PC, console, board game or tabletop, whatever they decide we will talk about. Let gaming be the way forward. Working's too much. It's time for a Hostile takeover. coming soon to a podcast feed near you. Hi, my name's Steve, and I'm here to tell you all about the DC Comics News Podcast. Every week, my friends and I sit down and discuss everything DC. Movies, TV and streaming, comic books, and everything in between. But I'll just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. (laughs) No, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Whatever the case, you can find the DC Comics News Podcast on every podcast platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else you find podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked.
1: join me each week in the comics and motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher
0: it's interesting that you for a lot of things you do seem to have for want of a better phrase that doesn't sound quite so insulting you have a short attention span <laughs> to stuff but <laughs> yeah. comics and music have always have kind of stuck through do you think it's because they both have a wide range within them that you can keep finding little bits?
1: Uh, see, I think, you, uh, I think you nailed something there. Yeah, I think it's because they, um, like my brain, genres trail off in the different paths and I can follow them, you know? Like, if you can tell while I'm talking, I'll go off in different ways and forget where I was going. And then music, I can do that too. You know, you like punk music. There's so many different ostriches and genres of punk music. You like um, rock music then you have to immediately start, like I said, at Zeppelin and Sabbath, because from there, if you were looking at a diagram, those would be the two, and then there would be tons of just offshoots from those, two, of what they created, and stuff like that really gets my mind going, and then I'll just learn it and learn it and learn it. Same with history. You can go through history things and just keep unraveling and unraveling, and that's fun for me. Like I just really like research, I guess. It's a weird thing, but I just like learning random things or understanding how things work or understanding how things came to be. That's a huge thing for me. I, um, I think a lot of people's complaints can be, done, be debunked real fast by understanding where it came from. Like, <sighs> yeah, but yeah, attention span, small, you're right. <laughs> I always wonder if maybe I was ADD and never got diagnosed <laughs> because it is kind of like how my, how my brain goes, but I gotta tell you, I kind of love it. Um, I think my wife hates it every once in a while because I'll go, I'll go into a room to get something and be like, "Oh, that needs done," and just walk over and start doing that, and she'll be like, "Where's my coke? You were supposed to get me." <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs>
0: I don't know, but here's a table. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I built this table for you. <laughs> you can set the drink on it. <laughs> like, it's just uh, yeah, it's just how, how it all goes, and I just take it all in. I love it. Um, I think I said uh. My father was big on history. History Channel constantly, Food Network. Um, I don't know if you remember this, this. These two old ladies, called Two Fat Ladies, and they had a cooking show. Um, and they're they're some kind of foreign. <laughs> they weren't from America. They're British or Scottish or something. They are great. I uh, that was like one of our first shows that me and my dad got super into together. <laughs> just watching two old fat ladies cook <laughs> like by the shore. It was great. They used lard and everything. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um, where I always, where I said languages, I think food is another language to me. Like, you know, different countries. Each country has their own cuisine. It's a different language. So you learn that. Like, oh, they use these spices. They use these uh, ingredients over here, whereas we use these ingredients. To me, that's just, like, different pronunciations, different places. Like, it just, it, it, it's all a... Uh, puzzle that I put together in my head. This sounds crazy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, um, food's another language to me. I don't know why. I just, I, I hear it. I see it, I taste it. I dissect it. I, I learn how they, each, how they each speak, how they each go, and then I uh, put it together for a delicious conversation. It makes me, uh, I laugh sometimes. It always comes back to magic. Uh, it makes me laugh how much, how many hours and years I've put into researching and learning something that like, i think on twitter i might have posted like two things maybe ever just because i did something so good like i did a pass so good you didn't clean there was no uh like you never saw any flashes it was just a card change and i was so proud of it but i posted on twitter maybe like one person liked it and that's fine <laughs> but it's a uh, just the hours and years of my life that I've dedicated some of these things I got super interested in and I just don't would never do anything with um I said growing up my grandfather had a carpentry company built houses I helped build houses growing up like I have I've I've poured concrete and leveled it I used to my thing used to when I was young all they'd really trust us with was uh putting in all of the insulation and the and uh, just starting to put like random parts of the walls up or just spackling things. Like, but my whole, I, I've haven't lived in the house that I haven't changed all the flooring in just because it's cheaper for me to do it. And I can, and it needs done at some point. So like I retain all my knowledge. <laughs> like I just don't use it until I have to. <laughs> my wife gets mad at me because if we go to a restaurant and sit near the kitchen, I'll just sit there and watch and just cause I can't turn it off. And I'm like, oh, oh they're going this way. Oh, man, they should probably think about doing that. They're like, oh, can't do that. Or like, I can just look around and see health code violations everywhere I go. And I just have to watch, like, don't do it, man. Like, just don't, just don't say anything. But, but I can't help it. I'll just get a manager, like, hey, man, like, I'm not complaining, but that's got mold all over. Like, you need, I mean, I, it's end of the month. I know health department's coming. Like, you need to do something about this. Like, like I just, I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't, Uh, put anybody off with I literally try to help and that's my whole thing but my wife gets very embarrassed about that because it's such a stupid thing and you know it's like it doesn't matter in the world but in my head I don't want them to get in trouble for it (laughs) like if there's a way that I can stop them from getting in trouble for something because I like this place and I don't want it to close then I will you know like but apparently it's very embarrassing and I can see that (laughs) but I won't say the restaurant. It's like not like you would know it either. But they have a, a a bar and they have a dessert bar. But the desserts obviously looked like they got covered with plastic wrap. They obviously got left overnight. Because when I walked up, there was just like flies and some of the plastic wrap. And I was like, oh, like, and my wife's like, don't do it. But I went, and I found the manager and I told him. And we continued to, you know, finished our meal, left a half an hour later. And all the stuff was still sitting there. And I was like, oh, I tried. <laughs> I'll say I try. As far as I get, I get a trash can and dump it all in there, like I'm not gonna get that far. I care about I care about stupid things like that. I care about people not looking dumb when they can easily prevent it, <laughs> or uh, or people not getting in trouble when it's something that I can personally just tell them and it fixed Not like a, but never like a. This is how you do it. Like, a, hey man, just so you know, this stuff is like that. You know, I don't care about it, but someone might. You know, like trying to do it as polite as possible because the last thing I want is try to sound like I'm telling somebody how to do something. But I do like to suggest things (laughs) if I can. But only about stuff I know about, only about stuff I know about, I am terrified of speaking up about something I do not know about and getting caught on it, in it, you know, like, so you'll never see me comment on a comic if it's one I haven't read or like you're saying, or I'll never say something's trash, or I won't say nothing's good, because it's, uh, you know, it depends on the person, you know, just because I, like, don't like something, probably wasn't made for me, I bet this person likes it, you know, like, so I'm not going to sit and put down something somebody likes, Um, if you, they want to talk about it, then I can, then, you know, I'll do, like, little critiques or something, but I will, I will, like, drastically try to not make it Sound like I'm putting down something they like because I don't want to ruin something for somebody if they're really into it. It's just not fun, you know. I don't want someone to ruin something for me. <laughs> you know, so, I, I to this day I haven't mentioned Spider-Man on Twitter just because I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid of what people tell me and say. <laughs> but like it's it's like apparently a very bad thing to say that you like multiple versions of one character. You know, like either at this day with all the standing of certain characters and of certain artists and writers, if you don't like that one iteration, then you don't like the character. And that's just, that's just not how I jive. That's just not the way that I, my mind works. Like, uh, let's see, like I can say, so the Bang Green Day, everybody knows the Bang Green Day. I love the Bang Green Day. In middle school, when I started getting into different music and stuff, I hooked to them immediately. I love their first like four or five albums. And then to me, they put out a good bit of trash. And then they put out another really good album. That good bit of trash to me is great to some people. People love those albums. And I'm not going to tell them to their face, like, you know, this was better. It was better when they were, you know, back in the day and stuff. This is the era that you got into the band. Then this is your era. I know I just said it was trash, but it's only trash to me. This is the area they got into, it. and it's cool because we both like this band. Maybe it's for different reasons, but we both really like this band, and that's cool. And as a fan of that band, there's no problem with saying I didn't like this aspect of them, but I really loved them back then. I don't like where they went. But this new album is really good. Like it's okay saying you don't like parts of something that you like. Like you don't have to just 100%. Like all or nothing. And that's why I have a problem with like stand culture because you can't all 100% all or nothing. Like, I like the character Cyclops. Dude has got a lot of problems in his past, you know? Like, and to sit there and like, and people call that out and you know, that's cool because he that those were parts that happened in writing, you know, of him, but he's a fictional character. Stuff changes as it goes, you know? And he's always growing or declining, depending <laughs> on which co- what you're talking about. But uh, just because you like that person, you shouldn't let other people's negative comments about it. Like so, and, and just because you don't like that person doesn't mean you have to like comment every time you see somebody talking about that person to tell them that their favorite character is trash or their favorite character, you know, left his wife and kid <laughs> because Cyclops like, said that. And you know that's a black mark. But <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of good at it. to me. He has a lot of good aspect. Uh God loves man kills that comic. Uh Cyclops in that comic is to me one of the best he was ever written. Also, Joss Whedon wrote him well for his problems that he has, you know, that people have with him. He wrote Cyclops well. And you know, he wrote Buffy well. Buffy was awesome. <laughs> uh Firefly was all I I love. Um you know Joss whedon shows, um, but you know what there's a um whenever him and his wife were getting divorced, she had done an interview where she was telling people how problematic it was, and no one listened to her. I mean it was like ten years later when it finally came out you know, like so warnings are there because my wife loves Buffy. um I know that the um they're doing the usings podcast was on Buffy they bit and I would you know have my wife listen to some of them and stuff because she is uh, she can tell you like mentioned one thing about an episode she'll tell you the season the episode she'll tell you what character said it like she can sit there and just quote it she watches it all the time and uh when that uh, when his wife said that she keyed in on that too like you know that's kind of weird you wouldn't think about that because he's so i mean all of his characters are really strong female characters and you know he was a huge part for building up femininity and, and nerd culture and stuff so it's just weird that it was all a mask. But, uh, you know, when she, his wife had said that in interview, my wife's the one who pointed it out to me, I'm like, huh, oh, that's interesting. He wouldn't expect that. And then, you know, a decade later stuff comes out and you're like, Oh, <laughs> like his wife was telling us right then and there. And just, people don't want to believe about, you know, people that uh, creators that they love, because they feel like they really know them. But there's a thing about, uh, separating him you know like i can still really like buffy i can still really like firefly and not support joss whedon because you know, i think marty knoxon was a big part of buffy and so, you know like there's a lot of other he just created it you know but there's a lot of other people who went into making it and i'm not gonna uh blackball something that i really love a lot of people love passion just because the creator turned out to kind of be a douchebag um i just won't support Things he, the other things he does, you know, if it's solely on him, but it doesn't mean I didn't like the things he did do. <laughs> like I'm not, I, I'm, I'm too much of a realist, I guess, about it. Like I said, just analyze it and I look at it, and it's just, I'm not going to condemn the works of some person because they kind of turned out to not be a good per. Like too many people put blood, sweat, and tears into all that work. Yeah. Um,
0: Let's face it. If you grew up in the 90s and you're going to discount things because of something one person did. You're not going to have a lot left. You don't have any
1: fans. You have no heroes left, man. Like, you know, uh, I mean, even there's just books that have come out that had, like, there's things that Stan Lee did that people weren't happy about. Like, he was one of my heroes growing up. And it's, you know, everybody has something. You heard know, most people, like, big back then had something that they're not proud of. And... uh People find it eventually. And I guess it's up to the person individually to decide how they're going to take that information. But I don't see the reason for condemning. If he wrote a book, you know, strictly just him, you know, no illustrators. If it's just he wrote a novel, yeah, I don't need that. But when you're talking about a television show, when you're talking about a movie, when you're talking about a comic book, you still got editors, you still got illustrators. You know, you still got a lot of people who put effort into that, not just him, which is like why I still like, um, uh, Jeff Johns, Ethan Van VanSkyver, Green Lantern. Um, obviously, there's some problems there, but it was a good run. <laughs> you no, know, I can't. I don't know what to say. I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, it doesn't mean I don't. Uh, I actually met Ethan VanSkyver once to get a, my little brother, the artist, loved his Green Lantern art. So he wanted his art book. I was at a convention. So I went to get it from him. And he was like one of the rudest people I'd ever met in my life. <laughs> I guess is the best way to, as a creator. You know, I get that you're at a convention and there's stuff going on. But like, you know, I went to your booth to buy something specifically from you. And he was just like, he didn't even say a word to me. He just kind of handed it to me, took my money, and he was just, you know, on about something else. So I remember giving it to my brother and be like, here's your book. Uh, Ethan Skyver's a dick. <laughs> like, and that was the extent of it. Then all that other. You know, then Comic 8 and all that stuff starts. I'm like, yeah, okay, my assessment of him was pretty spot on. But he drew a good Green Lantern. I'll give him that. He drew a good Green Lantern. (laughs) I hated his Batman though. He gave him that. He he gave him like the Batman shoulder spikes. I can't get on board for that. (laughs) I just don't like it. But you know, so uh, there's a lot of like you said. You can't grow up in the '90s and not have heroes that are going to let you down at some point i have i have opinions i don't state normally because who wants to hear them and i always uh take into the account that people have been hearing from middle-aged white dudes for a while now so i kind of like to take the back seat my wife you know she is pretty uh heavy on um certain topics and she even like speaks at places and stuff and i support that And uh, I'm all big in like retweeting, you know, like if if there's a racial thing coming up, I'm not gonna say anything about it, but I'll definitely retweet a black creator or someone of that, whatever is getting talked about at the time because my voice doesn't need to be heard on it, but I'll definitely project other voices in it because like I said, middle-aged white dudes in America especially has been heard for a while. (laughs) and uh, Even though I think that I'm on the right side in my train of thought i'm not the one they need to hear it from like so i'm just all about supporting stuff like that you know gatekeeping is always it's always been a thing you know it, it'll always be a thing in their culture no matter what it is but gatekeeping comics has gotten pretty bad lately um it's always about stupid things that don't matter <laughs> like people get mad that uh Another character is called Wolverine now, but they've never said a word when they were like four flashes at some point. <laughs> you know, like, it's just stupid. They pick, you just pick and choose your uh, what you want to be offended by. And I'm just not about that. <laughs> so I, st- I pretty much stay away from it. So I try not to comment on them, even though I think my comment would be a very logical one. <laughs> I just, it's not my place. You know, someone else can handle it. No one wants to hear from me. I comment on comics. I don't comment on uh, social issues. <laughs> to me, the positive about geek culture is kind of what I said about um, punk music earlier, is that it's all-inclusive. There's something that you like. You just got to find the genre that, uh, of, that, you, that is for you. I mean, I'll talk as much crap as I do about Comicsgate, but it is a sub-genre that they like and that they enjoy. I don't enjoy it, and I really wish they wouldn't try to push their views of what they enjoy on other people, but that's a sub-genre that they enjoy, so comics are for them, too. Comics are for, like, you don't like superheroes. Great. Well, you like crimes. There's a lot of crime mystery comics out. I mean, back in the way Stan Lee and all them started off was romance comics. There's romance comics galore if you just want a little love in your life, you know? And what sad nerds when you're young don't want just a little bit of love in their life you know uh you know like there's literally anything you want in any medium i'm talking i mean you haven't talked about comics but novels um movies shows cartoons and like literally comic uh nerd culture is completely inclusive but the one thing about it that i think would help is if everybody understood that it was inclusive for everyone. Um, you get a lot of people who don't like if there's new fans of something they like, and that doesn't make any sense to me because if there's new fans, that means there's going to be new content of that character. The problem with uh, new content for that character is it'll be more up-to-date, so now people think that it's, uh, you know, they changed the whole character. Like, well, no, that character was popular in the 70s, and now it's the 2010, so they got to be up-to-date, you know? They're not going to walk into phone booths anymore so why would we keep that in there like so why would you keep ways of thinking from that in it now um so somebody likes something you like support that they like it they don't like it for the same reason as you do that's fine there's aspects of that character that you both like and i guarantee while talking about it you'll realize there's something in the new rendition that you like and there's something in the old that they like And it is just going to spread the content it's just going to spread the stories it's going to spread i mean i don't even know (laughs) it's just so hard to uh i don't understand why everyone just well or why people don't want to just enjoy what they enjoy you know that's why it's here it's here to entertain us and to for us to enjoy to escape man everyone just wants to escape every once in a while so you crack that book open that comment you put that uh you find that song and listen to it you just escape because it's what you like. It's for you. So enjoy what you like. Don't let anybody else ruin that for you. Um, I mean, I think it's real shitty if what you like is super misogynistic. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I mean, I guess enjoy it in your home. Just don't force it on other people. Like I, uh, you know, um I delve into, because I overanalyze uh, everything, Like, so say politics, I go to sites and to news for things I don't agree with just because I want to see their way of thinking so I can work around it and see what it is. And it's the same thing with uh, different comic aspects. I'll go back to Comics 8 again. I've went to their stuff. like, And when they're in their community, they're super nice to each other. Like, But it's just one moment that you say something that they disagree with, they'll turn on them. And I'll also say that there are really good, some really good artists in there. I have not seen any writing that I really like, but there are some big So there's talent to be had. So there will be something you like in there, but ah, it's just hard to get around thing. <laughs> like, I always feel like there's places for everybody. I don't like super in-your-face um, social, like trying to revert social. Like, you know, just, I don't like being spoon-fed stuff but I understand there's a place for it and I understand uh, why it's there, but there's not a lot of people that are going to like that side of comic books either, <laughs> you know, like, just like everything in the world, there's two extreme sides of it, and then there's a lot of good stuff in the middle, you know, if you're into those extremes, they're there, enjoy them, I'm not going to enjoy them, but they're there for you, I suppose, but there's a lot of good stuff in the middle, and um, the extreme voices are the loudest, but they're also the smallest. Um, so when you're in comic Twitter or you're in even uh, comic TikTok or comic Instagram, m- the majority of the community is going to be super supportive. They're going to help you find things that you want that you're into. They're going fi- to help you find artists that you're into, help you find different books, different anything that you're into. But there's you always got to know there's people out there trying to gatekeep whatever your nerd thing is. And you just got to learn how to just let it go right off you. Don't give it any kind of thought because they just want to make people. Stop liking what they like so it stay stagnant so they can always have it. Or they just want to ruin something you like because they get off on it. And it's fun, I guess. Not for me, but some people are like that. See, I made it a downer again. How did I make it a downer again? What? Oh, here's one. Hey, my friend Jason Pell writes comic books. They're they're great. Uh, the reason I got back into comic books was because of this guy. He was older than me. He owned the records, uh, the movie store that was in my town. Him and his best friend Willie, who's also really good friends with me. Um, I started talking to him. Ended up hanging out a lot. They go to they would go to Chicago Wizard World every year. Um, I was in 11th grade, so I talked to my mom about it and made it. Mom and dad didn't care. So I went with this. these dudes to Chicago Comic Convention, and I did it for like eight to 10 years in a row. After that, we all became super good friends. He started writing comics, so uh, we started getting boosts in Artist Alley, started trying to sell us. So I met a lot of people. Uh, Chicago um, Comic Con, uh, we were headed, they had a, um, there's some zombie movie that was coming out. So they had these makeup artists right so my friend's book was zombie highway so i went to those makeup artists and asked them if they could do like a zombie from the book i'm like yeah that'd be great so i was walking around in zombie makeup handing out um you know little free issues or little flyers to people to come to our booth and stuff like that so there's a thing over the pa hey everybody it's jim lee's 40th birthday and i've already told you that jim lee was one of my heroes growing up he illustrated my childhood um and i still love jim lee um Jim Lee's 40th birthday. Everyone come to the middle, sing him happy birthday. So I was like, well, I'm definitely going to go sing Jim Lee happy birthday. I wouldn't inquire if my <laughs> all through high school to not have Jim Lee hear these pipes. So, <laughs> so, you know, it's a huge circle. It's like everybody in the convention, it's huge. And you know, everyone's just singing happy birthday to Jim Lee. And there's this big, huge cake, you know, happy birthday, Jim Lee, happy birthday to you. Blows out the candles without looking, without hesitation, he says, hey, zombie, come here. He pointed to me, and, like, it's a good thing that I had all this makeup on. I looked, I probably went completely white. I was like, oh, <laughs> Jim Lee, oh, my God. And he just comes up. He's like, hey, man, liked your makeup? Uh, he says, what do you got? And I said, oh, my friend wrote a comic, and I gave him a free comic, a happy birthday. And he said, here, man, take the first piece of my cake. And he cut a piece of birthday cake and gave it to me. So I was served by Jim Lee, like one of my biggest heroes in the world, a piece of birthday cake. And it was just like the coolest thing that ever happened to me at a conference. Oh, it was, it was so cool and something like that would not have happened if it wasn't for comics. Like it was just, I, I don't even, I, I've met so many famous people because of that. Cause when you have a booth, you go in early and people just walk around and talk, you know? And uh, I've met so many people because of them, because of Helen and Willie, because of Jason Pell and uh, because of comics. I just met here people that I idolize. And it's so cool. And uh, you know, I always let my head think I'm super cool about it. I'm probably not. <laughs> but in my head I am I'm like the coolest motherfucker. Man. <laughs> I met Billy West once. Oh man, I held that together. It was that was hard. <laughs> He's a uh, he, I don't only he was a voice actor. He did like Ren and Stimpy and he does a lot of very he he did, he did he was fry from Futurama, like. And I was just walking around a convention and he was like, hey man, it was before they open. He's like, what time is it? And I was just like, holy crap, Billy West is asking me the time. <laughs> like, like, well, Mr. West, it's uh... <laughs> like, arms shaking, as I'm trying to look at it. And uh, then we just talked like 20 minutes before the thing opened. Just never once of like, huge fan, blah, blah, He just wanted to talk. So I just sat and talked to him and it was so cool, man. Like, and that is all thanks to geek cultures, thanks to like in comic books, in my aspect, but I mean, movie stuff's there, like there's a lot of good stuff to be found just by indulging in a hobby that you like. Um, and you can meet some really cool people. I met you. You're a cool dude. I met Tony. He's a cool guy. How um, would I have ever met you? Like, we're continents away from each other, dude. Like, But, <laughs> I mean, here we are. And it's all because of comics. It's about or nerdy stuff in general. Like... I don't know, just, I guess that was my story, but I loved it, <laughs>
0: personally. If you'd like to read Chase's musings and comments on comics and geek culture, you can find him on Twitter at CommentComics. Chase with his appearance on episode 77 of Indie Comic Spotlight available on the Comics in Motion feed. Geek is a super dummy production for Fantastic Universes. Find out more at fantasticuniverses.com and superdummy.co.uk slash geek. You can contact the show on Twitter at Era of Geek or by email geek at superdummy.co.uk. You can support the show and Fantastic Universes by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash fantastic universes.